Good morning. I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we gather for worship on this Sunday, traditionally looked at it as Epiphany Sunday, the start of a new season in the church as we look at the life and teachings of Jesus as we do all year, but this in the realizing that the wise men came from afar to recognize Jesus Christ as Lord of all. Just a couple of quick announcements this morning. The Carmen Church Council will meet on the 17th, that is a week from Tuesday, at 7 o'clock, and the worship committee will meet at 6. Uh, please note that as of January 1st, we have a new treasurer, and we voted on that last year. Danielle McCoe is now the treasurer of our church, and we will celebrate Joyce at a later date, because for the years that she gave for us. Oh, so we have to. <laughs> um, electrical work continues at the church. Um, it will, with any luck, we'll have our heat pumps installed this week and the electrical work will be done soon thereafter. Uh, for those who do not get our weekly emails, we do have a few copies of the bulletin at the back of the church. If you know someone who could use a copy, just for this couple quick announcements. And there was another announcement that popped in my head and disappeared. Did anybody remember what it was? <laughs> oh, that's it right there. Thank you. The reader's list for right up through June is posted. So there's one at the bulletin board at this door and there's one at the back of the church just uh, where you come in on the, on the table. So if you want to know when you're going to read, if you want to be a reader, you can still talk to Grace. And I sent, I sent the list out to the readers that I had their email. Okay. Okay, so we need a couple email addresses if you're one of the readers. And so that we can make sure you kind of know when you're reading as well. But it is posted here in the church. So you can always check on your way out. Any other announcements to share? Does she? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday to you, Grace. There was a new birth, Danielle. Nice. Great. There's <laughs> <laughs> no other announcements. Let's just take a moment to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. We light our candle to recognize Jesus Christ as the light of the world who walks with us each and every day. Let us join together in a response to Psalm, Psalm 2. Why are the nations in turmoil, and why are the peoples engaged in futile, futile plotting? Why must the earth rise, and the earth 
Let us break their fetters, they say, and let us cast off their chains. You speak the truth to them in your wrath and terrify them in your fury. I will recite the decree of God who said to me, Ask, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. Now, therefore, your monarchs be wise. Be prudent, you rulers of the earth. Lest God be angry and you perish, for God's anger is quickly kindled. I'll pray. That was me. Lord, we gather this day, ever present, ever aware of your presence among us. Walk with us, Lord Jesus, as we come to follow you, as we seek your wisdom and your guidance in our lives through this holy season. Amen. Our opening hymn today is When Jesus Comes to Be Baptized.
This morning's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the burn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we gather again in your presence to hear your word for us. As we come, hearing of John, hearing of Jesus, and hearing of life that he brings. So Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Like many teenagers in school, the last thing I wanted to do was stand out from the crowd. Peer pressure is a hard thing to resist, isn't it? Which is kind of strange when you think about it. The schools make the claim they want you to help you discover who you are. And 
Instead, for the most part, the norm in schools, not because of staff and teachers, but the, the norm in schools is tend to want you to fit in the box, to conform to what society expects you to fit into. Standing out is not always encouraged. Again, not by the teachers or the staff, but when dealing with other students, your peer groups, your friends, the ones you interact with the most, the ones who ultimately decide your popularity or how cool you are. As a result, it wasn't until maybe my second or third year university before I felt free enough or safe enough to really show the world who Nick truly was. And now that I've had kids going through the public school system, I've seen it at play in their lives as well. Yes, they have their own favorites, their own preferences, but if it's too different, they want to hold those differences inside, hide them, except for maybe in the the comfort of close, trusted group of friends. It's a funny way to grow up when you think about it. And then we turn to the Bible, and we see John the Baptist. He was certainly one not to conform to what the world expects. He wore camel hair, which is different than wool, I can tell you that. When a camel grows its hair, it comes in two layers. There's the outer layer called the guard layer, and then there's the undercoat, which is shorter and finer than the guard layer. Now, John most likely would have been wearing mostly the guard layer, the outer layer, the longer, the coarser, the itchier outer layer. The undercoat is finer, it's much, much softer, but given the time, of, uh, it would have been easier probably to work with the longer hair. And when we look at John, he didn't really eat the standard diet either. He ate wild locusts and honey. It seems like John didn't have any problems with standing out. And he made sure he stood out, with, not only with what he wore, with what he ate, but also with what he spoke about. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. And because of his message, people came to him in droves. And when he saw that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were there to observe him, to see what all the fuss is about, he had some words for them as well. He said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children of Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. John has a pretty strong message to share. A message he was destined to share. Because if you remember John's beginnings, he was born to a cousin of Mary. It was, which makes him a cousin of Jesus. It was John who was in Elizabeth's womb when Mary came to visit. It was John who recognized Jesus in Mary's womb and leapt in joy at the one being carried. And he grew up to share these messages and people come to him to be baptized to repent, and to prepare for the coming Messiah. All because he was not afraid to stand out to make his message known to the people. A message they were clearly ready to receive. 
as they grew tired of the oppressive Roman occupation of their land. They were ready to receive the Messiah. They were ready to hear John's message. Though harsh at times, his message was one still of hope that something better is coming. And then one day, Jesus comes to John to be baptized. And in this encounter, John tries to flip it around that he says he should be the one being baptized by Jesus, not him baptizing, doing the baptism. But Jesus said, this is what you must do. It is to fulfill your calling as the one who prepares the way for the Lord. So, and John consented and baptized Jesus. And as Jesus rose up from the water, the Lord spoke. and says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This moment begins the ministry of Jesus. It marks the moment where the Holy Spirit came upon him and Jesus truly begins God's work, the work he was destined to do on this earth. His 30 years before that, Jesus was growing up, he was experiencing everything that the earth has to offer, everything life has to offer. And now the Messiah, the Savior of the world, has truly arrived, although it took 50 years from his birth. He has finally arrived and begins his work. This is when Jesus begins to stand out for himself and people take notice of him. Notice as you're reading through the Bible how many of the great stories are from people who stood out from the crowd. Noah built a massive boat in his backyard, basically, before the world really understood the power of floods. Look at Abraham, an old childless man, and he and his wife, both childless. Yet they have a child in their 90s. And Abraham goes on to be known as the father of a great nation. Moses was an adopted son into the Egyptian royal family. And he stuttered. Yet he became a great leader. David, as a young man, was the unlikely one to slay the giant with a stone. And then he grew up to become king. Paul was the violent persecutor of the early Christian church, but then uh, underwent an unbelievable transformation and became a great leader in building the church that he once tried to destroy. And today we pick up with John and how he stood up from the crowd, and also Jesus, who would spend the next three years doing a lot of things to upset the established powers of the day. Every one of them stood out from the crowd. And because of the courage to be different, to challenge the norms, they changed the world. And these are only a couple of examples, of course. You might read some of these stories and think, I I can't do that. I don't want that kind of attention. Yet in a lot of these cases, they didn't want the attention either. Moses tried to come up with excuse after excuse as to why he was unfit to lead the Israelites out into freedom. But none of those excuses would stick. God had chosen him and no one else. God's people stand out. They stand out because they're different. We stand out because Jesus invites us to be different. 
For generations, the church was content to just fit in. And it was able to do that because the church was an integral part of society. Everybody went to church, but it's not that way anymore. And the pandemic certainly hasn't helped any. Churches are struggling to return to pre-pandemic attendance levels, and we recognize that here at Carmen as well. What this tells me is that the church can no longer just fit in. The church needs to get back to its roots of standing out, of being different, of living differently from what the world expects us to do and be. And what does that look like? It means looking back at the early church, the church that was started by those who literally walked with Jesus. And we look to see what we can learn from them as they served a community that didn't go to church. So what is it they did? Well, simply put, they were faithful. They gathered to worship and to pray. The worship was to connect with God, to hear the stories of Jesus, to be in fellowship together. The prayer time was to gain wisdom from God, to know how to be different, to know how to share, to know how to grow. It's often in prayer where they did their best work. They were praying on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descended upon them and they ran out into the streets. That that was the day that God made them who they were meant to be, which made them stand out from the crowd to be different and to be noticed. So how do we stand out? How How do we get noticed? We serve. We simply serve. The early church served others. And the church grew. And they learned this from Jesus. Because Jesus, what did he do? He loved and served others. And as a result, he gained followers. The same principle works today. Serve, love, and grow. Get noticed. So what does this look like for Sydney Mines, for the north side? What does it mean to stand out? What does it mean to serve and to love? Well, the answer to this is prayer. We ask God to tell us, to show us, to guide us so that we know how to serve others in his name. And in doing so, we invite people to join us in the journey. And then people will notice us because we've taken the bold steps to stand out and be known. I'll be honest, after 14 years in Sydney Mines, I'm surprised at times that people don't know who I am. Now, maybe it's just something what my ego needs, a little humble pie once in a while. But I suspect if you go back 50 years ago, everybody knew who the minister of this church was and probably the minister of every church in town because everyone went to church. But now, even after all the funerals I've done, after times I've spent in schools and meetings on boards, people don't know who I am. And when I talk to them, they don't necessarily know what our church is that our church even exists either. This needs to change if we want our church to survive, obviously, if we want new people to join us. People need to know who we are. And the only way for this to happen is if we stand out, if we are noticed. So we need to ask God how to lead us. And we need to follow what we're being told to do, even if it feels strange or weird. No longer can we be hesitant to stand out and be known. The future of our church depends on it. And for that matter, the future of our community depends on it, I believe. 
Because only God can fix the problems, the massive problems we have here on the north side. Only God can fix these problems. They're too big. Now, we'll soon be done our renovations, renovations that we hope will save us money, that will make our building more energy efficient. But at the same time, it allows us to make better use of our building. A building that stands empty much of the week. There are 168 hours in a week, and our building stands empty for 166. So what does God want us to do? What does God want us to do so that we will bless others and help them know God in their own lives? John the Baptist, he stood out. He was giving people hope in their time of need, telling people of the one who was coming that would save them from their problems, to give them life and to give them hope. And you know what? We can make that same offer. We can tell people of Jesus who will save them and give them hope. Jesus, from the time he was baptized, was do- is doing this. Death could not stop him. He came back from the grave and continues this work of saving people and giving them hope. Just as he saves us and gives us hope. So what can we learn from John the Baptist? We can learn the importance of not being afraid to stand out, especially when it's for something we believe so strongly in which means for us standing up in the name of Jesus and offering the love he gives to the world, which is God's love, the greatest love there is. So will will we be so brave, so bold, so courageous to stand up with God, offering love and hope in the name of Jesus Christ? Not just so our church will survive, but so people will survive. Jesus didn't come for the church. Jesus came for the people. The church is just what was built in order to continue that work. As we follow the one we celebrate each and every Sunday. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. He is the one who leads us, who guides us, who saves us, who loves us and gives us hope. So may we be willing to submit to his authority, his guidance, his leadership, and walk with him in the ways that he shows us to go. Amen. Let us sing together, I am the light of the world.
Let us join our hearts in a time of prayer. Lord, we gather in prayer to seek your wisdom, your guidance, to follow and learn and grow. As we just sang, to, to seek to who we are to be. Lord, as we look around us, as we look around this church, we are reminded of faces we have not seen, people we love, people we have formed friendships with, who are no longer here with us. As we look around our community, we see the troubles that people face on a daily basis. Lord, we just aren't sure what to do. We ask you to guide us, O oh God, to help us to be noticed, to give us the words to share like you gave to John as to how we can love and serve and draw attention not to us but to you. May the love you have planted in our hearts just extend through our work, our voices, so that others take notice of your love. Lord, we started the work on our church with the vision of doing things. So Lord, we ask you to guide us to show us what it is we are to do as we come close to the end of these renovations. Lord, help us to see how it is that we can be noticed, not for ourselves, but for you. Let us just simply be an extension of your love and hope to this world. Lord, we know that in the silence we give time for you to speak, to share in our hearts, to share in our minds a glimpse of the future you have for us as your people. So we gather in prayer today as your people to hear what it is you have for us So we invite you, God, to speak into our lives, into our church, as we seek your wisdom and your guidance this day.
Lord, we also come to offer our prayers of intercession to lift up those in need of your love, your healing, and your peace in their lives. And so, Lord, we lift up to you the people of Ukraine, that they may live in peace. We lift up to you, Russia, that they may come to be agents of peace instead of war. We lift up to you people who are struggling, both here in Sydney Mines, the north side, and beyond. That you may reach into their lives and offer hope and healing. And Lord, we take a moment now to lift up to you the people on our hearts and minds this day. Lord, we pray also for those who have gone back to school this week and this weekend. Lord, may the schools be a place of safety, a place of learning, a place of growth for our children. We pray for them. We pray also for teachers and staff and administrators at our schools. Lord, we pray as well as we hear of another strain of COVID coming down our way, it is already here in the province. Lord, we pray that we will be safe together uh, from the effects of COVID in our communities, that we will do what we can to keep each other safe and healthy. Lord, we pray that someday soon, we will see the end of the pandemic in our society. We pray for hospitals, our doctors and nurses and staff. We pray for our government, both locally and nationally and globally, that we can all work together to protect the vulnerable and to bring hope and healing to the people. We realize that this is, is a huge ask of us, oh God. But we know that there's nothing too big for you. That through listening to you and following you, we can find our way to bring these things to ourselves, to those we pray for and we, those we love. May it be your will, oh God. We lift all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ our light in this world as we recite together the prayer that he has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
as we respond to the call of God in our lives, we offer to God a portion of ultimately what belongs to him. For all we have is God's. Our offering will now be received. Let us pray. Lord of love and peace, in this new year we commit ourselves to you with all our hearts and all we have. Take our offering this day and use it to fulfill your will. We pray in the name of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The closing hymn is Will You Come and Follow Me?
Let us go as carriers of God's love into the world in which we serve as people of God. May we follow Jesus out into the streets to be his light to the darkened world that is around us, offering hope, peace, love, and joy as we go. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, and each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.